I think the key um, important factor is not listening what, to what people say, is that listen to looking at their actions, and you know giving up you know somebody a chance and paying attention to their actions. You got a lot of people out here what we call in the North Philly is a, it's a good mouthpiece. Some great mouthpieces out here, but it, it, does that mouthpiece translate to good actions? You're listening to the Ballantine Broadcast, Conversations on Black Wealth. On this podcast, you're going to hear from Black millionaires and seven-plus-figure business owners on their wealth-building journeys, their experiences working with financial services professionals, and their thoughts on what the financial services industry can do to help close the racial wealth gap. Please be sure to listen to important disclosure information at the end of this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Akiva Ellis, and today I am elated to have James Lindsay on the show. James Lindsay is a highly successful Miami-based entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of Rap Snacks. By partnering with some of the rap game's most recognizable names, such as Cardi B, Migos, Lil Boozy, Master P, and Romeo, the brand has become one of the most visible hip-hop-geared snack products over the last few decades. A Philadelphia native, James graduated from Cheney University with a Bachelor of Science degree in marketing. He honed his marketing skills while serving as a manager in the consumer products industry for Johnson Products, an ethnic hair care company, and Warner Lambert. James leveraged his background in the hair care products business, tweaked and improved upon it, and then applied it to the packaged food industry. These experiences and his desire to own his own business empowered him to start Rap Snacks in 1994, a snack foods company that featured hip-hop artists on the brand, the first of its kind in the U.S. The success of Rap Snacks allowed Lindsay to solidify a co-marketing agreement with Universal Records to advertise Universal's artists on all Rap Snacks bags. And eventually, the company grew into a $5 million business, selling mostly 25-cent bags of chips. Over the past 12 years, he's been featured on the CBS Morning Show, ABC's The Jimmy Kimmel Show, BET, Fox News, People Magazine, Black Enterprise, Forbes, and Entrepreneur Magazine. He was also recognized by Business Philadelphia Magazine as one of the top 100 people to watch, among others. James, welcome to the show. Akiva, thanks for having me. Of course, of course, I'm excited. Excited to have you. Now, I would love to start by diving right into your story. So tell us about your upbringing and how that affected your view on finances and ultimately your journey to becoming the financial success that you have today. Yeah, I I was uh, raised in North Philadelphia, you know, in kind of a low income community, Um, you know, most of the time, I tell people that when you are raised in that environment, that nutritional values at the time is not a high priority for you, right? So, um, you know, we used to go um, in the mornings we went, before we went to school, we would eat potato chips, you know, for uh, morning breakfast. We would eat it for lunch and sometimes for dinner, just snack foods, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, I think it was a good, a good thing on my part because it kind of helped me um, kind of zero on some of my skills of, you know, flavor profiles. And cause I just really enjoy snack foods. I was the same guy, the same kid who used to take all these 25 cent bags of chips and throw them in one small bag, shake them up and just eat them just for a meal, basically. You know, so it was, I was like the kid that kind of turned, you know, some of the things that people think say, well, oh, you should have been eating, you know, more nutritional, um, you know, morning breakfast into, you know, a career, what I'm doing right today, you know? So, 
you know, I take everything, you know, as, you know, anything I've been through has turned into something that's a positive and something that's a learning lesson that, you know, eventually I can help other people, you know, benefit from. Awesome. Awesome. So growing up, did you have money conversations at home at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I would just say that it was some more of, you know, the people around me, like one of my guys, his name was Sylvester Barnes, who was, you know, I didn't have any brothers. I had uh, three sisters, but he was like a big brother to me. So he's always one of those guys that would invest in different things. And actually, he's still one of my original investors in Rap Snacks. You know, so I can say I've learned a lot of, uh, about money from him, you know, and this, you know, wanted to really have that, you know, feeling of wanting to do better, you know, and being curious about, you know, things outside of what I saw in the in the cities every day. Awesome. So although you weren't necessarily having conversations in the house, you were having them with people in your community, your, your circle that you cultivated as you grew up. Absolutely. Because awesome. I, you know, I believe that's all your family, not to right. be your family. But the people that you grew up with, your neighbors, you know, if you grew up in North Philly, you know, you have houses on top of houses. So you're sharing a lot of information, not just with your immediate family. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in New York City, too. So I know what that's like. <laughs> so where did your desire to start a business come from? Um, you know, I really I, my first job out of college was with Johnson Products. And Johnson Products um, at the time was a leading ethnic hair care um, company. And uh, I was fortunate enough to um, hone my skills beside, you know, a, a millionaire black figure, somebody looked like me, um, and somebody that, you know, started a business from, from nothing. So I was able to kind of get firsthand the glimpse of how did you start your own business? You know, um, what does it look like when you bring a product to marketplace, right? Um, and I was just fascinated about it, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I've worked for other companies after that, but I always kept it in the back of my mind, you know, eventually, you know, I wanted to start my own business and working for somebody was something that I wasn't going to settle for. Awesome. And so what really was that impetus, that drive that made you so fascinated with entrepreneurship or gave you that drive? Was it the desire for impact? Was it desire for freedom, for making more money or a combination of things? Tell me more about that. I think all above, you know, um, I think, you know, making more money, you know, and being able to dictate your own income, be able to provide with your, for your family outside of the normal things that you do every day. You know, I tell people all the time that money is one thing, but having a sense of accomplishment is another, you know, and it, it really gives, gains you confidence. Like, oh, I can do this. And not only do this, I can do something else outside of that, you know. And, you know, that's, I think, you know, and also in addition to that, gaining information. Because, you know, the key part of being a successful entrepreneur is being able to research and find out, you know, what is necessary to be successful with anything you do in business. Did that, did that research come primarily from the jobs you held, conversations with others? What were your other sources of information? Yeah, as you yeah, yeah this all journey? above, all above. Yeah. It's, you know, conversation from, you know, people by, like Mr. Johnson, you know, um, experience in the field, you know, working with um, some of my, my sales reps, going into, you know, some of these small mom and pop stores, finding out how they do business. You know, it's all above because everything is a collective effort 
and you know eventually getting to that point where you say you can do this on your own so did you have let's say a financial goal or you know a concrete goal of i want to grow this business into a multi-million dollar company or i want to be a millionaire what was that like did you have a concrete path did it kind of just become the fruits of your labor after a certain point i say become the fruits of my labor because if this is the thing if you love something and you and you enjoy doing it and you're working that every day and you're passionate about it all the you know everything you said is going to come into fruition you know you're going to enjoy what you're doing you're going to be first to the market and eventually the money's going to come you know um so when you become a millionaire which i can say i am but now what's the next step of the millionaire is a billionaire so now you now what's necessary what are the necessary steps you need to take to get to that so everything is a progression but first of all you got to meet that first you know that first objective so would you say your goal now is to become a billionaire absolutely i want to become the first you know um billionaire um well afro-american billionaire in snack foods yes that's a goal of ours awesome i love it love it ambitious goals so what are some lessons that you'd say you've learned along your entrepreneurship and wealth building journeys? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my lessons are relationships are very important, you know, and never burning, you know, bridges on relationships because you never know when you're going to need, you know, to lean on that relationship. That's really important in business. Um, if you don't know that, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm pretty sure you've had some bad experiences of, you know, not understanding that, you know, that's a, for me, relationship is what really always is helps you, you know, um, you know, it helps you continue to grow in the necessary direction, but also having a relationship where people can rely on you. You know, it's a give and take, you know, um, all the close, you know, um, relations I have out here with and the artists, um, you know, people that are business people, you know, we help each other. And, um, you know, it's not always, you know, about money. It's about how can we make each other better? Mm-hmm. And what other lessons would you say you've learned or especially money lessons that you've learned on your journey to becoming the millionaire that you are today? Learning that money's not always going to come, you know, that you have to understand the value of money. You know, um, I understand the value of money now. I'm not just going out and just spending my money on anything. You know, I think about how do I invest in the money and how do I get a return on my money? And the return that comes on my money, you know, what's left over, how do I spend that on me? Not just getting, getting the money and then you're spending it and you don't have anything to invest. Because, you know, in business, you know, it, it business is a, it's an up and down, you know, roller coaster. You know, I don't care what business you're in. You might have 10 straight good years and you might have 10 straight down years. But you haven't had enough money to last you for those years that you're down. And, or you have to be diversified enough where you're not depending on one part of the business to survive because, you know, like everybody knows, when you know, one day you wake up, it's, it's sunny. And the next day you might wake up and it's rainy. That's what business is. Yep, absolutely. You got to ride the ebbs and flows. Absolutely. So what other, I guess, pieces of wisdom would you share with up-and-coming Black entrepreneurs or others who wish to become millionaires like you are today? Yeah, I always tell everybody is, you know, the biggest thing is to find out what your passion is. Find out what you enjoy uh, because it's going to be easier for you to get up and, and put the work in every day. And if you put the work in every day with something you really enjoy, 
it's like having a marriage that you married to someone you really enjoy that person as a friend right you're gonna stay married longer right so that's that's definitely uh you know the best advice i can give anybody that's looking to get into business awesome so I know that in addition to founding Rap Snacks, you also have the foundation called Boss Up. So yeah. tell me more about Boss Up and the role that philanthropy has played on your journey as well. Yeah, you know, I feel like, you know, you know, the part of my success is my my customers who buy my, my product, you know, and I felt like, you know, if I'm taking and someone is supporting me in that aspect, you know, it's only right that I support the efforts of the of those people and people come coming behind those people as well. You know, I understand the struggles of, you know, our communities, the struggles of our communities that everything is overly extracted from our communities and nothing is put back in. You know, um, we are more of purchasers than we are producers, right? So my goal is to, you know, with the Boston Foundation is create programs that is going to reverse that narrative and have us become more producers that there that way we'll have more coming back into our communities and things that change. You know, people won't have to come back why you say these guys are doing this and they're, you know, they're not, you know, uh, they're in gangs and they're doing all kinds of things because they don't have other interests that um, as a young kid that is being taught to. You know, they only are you know, looking at the OGs or doing X, Y, and Z. And a lot of times, most of the time, it's not the right thing. Right. You know, so people talk about how do we help you help by implementing the programs, you know, that these kids can do every day. They can learn how to create a product. They can learn how to invest in the stock market. Late. You know, we have the stock boss up app, which has been very successful for us because we're teaching people like us to understand if you invested a thousand dollars in Tesla 10 years ago, you'll be a millionaire today. Right? right, but we've had never had access and information, so it's all about us providing information, providing the programs, and then teaching the kids, you know, that want to learn, you know, how to be successful outside of the stuff they do every day, which may not be the right thing. And so, what other programs and initiatives do you have under the foundation as well? Yeah, so we we have the Innovative Cafe that we're doing at you know um, black colleges, you know, that are teaching you know, kids how to develop brands and how to develop a product from A to Z. And um, we're working with some of the colleges to, to put these, you know, calf, you know, you know these, uh, you, know, uh, you know, programs together that is going to, you know, and they actually get credit for them as well. So they can, they can, you know, go through the calf every day, but they're in a the program, they get credit for it. But all you're doing is really learning how to produce things that you eat every day. You know, we, you know, we, you know, if you go to a corner store, you might wrap snacks might be the only black owned product that you're buying. Right. So how right. can people give back to you or show you that where you're not supporting, you know, any, any of the brands or products that, you know, that are trying to, you know, uptick, you know, in, in, the, in the industry. So, you know, we just feel like it's, you know, those programs are easy programs to get, you know, these kids involved and hands on, not just saying, oh, you have to do X, Y, and Z to be successful. Well, well how do, how, and the, the, the next the kids should say, well, you want me to do that, but show me how to do it. Right. That's the key. We don't want to just talk about it. We want to be about it. We want to be able to show them from A to Z, this is how you develop this brand. This is how you sell it. 
this is how you go out and, and grow the brand. It's everything. We, because, you know, I just, I sit and listen to a lot of these guys and they like, you know, giving these advice, but they're not showing people. They're just talking. But we're just, you know, the Boss Up Foundation is a little different. That's why we call it the Boss Up Foundation because we're trying to boss up and really be about, you know, our business. Right. And really show people how to walk the walk instead of just talking about it. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So now that you've achieved this level of financial success, would you say that you faced any unique challenges, especially being a black wealth holder? Yes. I mean, you know, I, I would say, I mean, anything that you read about, you know, when you come to your successful and people look at you for being, you know, you might be a, a millionaire. They look at you, think you're a billionaire already, you know, and particularly family. You know, so that's, you know, it's issues that you have because, you know, they always say that you change, but, you know, like, you know, my guy Meek Mills used to say, you know, it's not like we change, it's that is how you guys have changed because you change how you look at us and not thinking that we're the same people that we were when, you know, we wasn't in this position, you know, so it's really uh, managing people's expectations of you, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll get, I'll get texts all the time. Uh, Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? You know, and my whole thing is I can help you do that. I can show you the way, but you have to do it. Right. You know, the whole concept but, of teaching you how to fish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and getting, you know, they'll play like, you know, they'll play you against like, I'm, I'm your family. I'm this and that. You know, I understand that. But I understand that I'm only one person, you know, and if I can help other people, that's not my family. I sure can help you if you want to do the work. Absolutely. So that's a that's a big challenge, and trust me, it's everybody has an issue. Yeah, yeah. Are there any other challenges you would say that you face as well, aside yeah, from I family? Mean, yeah, I mean, no. It's you know, I, you know, you, you chase you, you face challenges of um, you know being a black man and a in a totally dominated you know um, you know uh, segment. Of, you know, I, you know, it took me this long to make rap snacks successful because nobody wanted to work with me, you know? Um, in addition to that, you know, they don't understand, you know, your, you know, your, your mindset because, you know, you know, they haven't come, they haven't, you know, gone through what you've gone through and they don't think like you think. And so, you know, it took me years to get into these big, these big um, companies, you know, not until, you know, you know, I, I went to the guerrilla marketing route where, uh, I was I was in all mom and pop corner stores, you know, and they would go to Walmart. Well, why wrap snacks? Why can't buy wrap snacks? Well, why we can't buy that? You know, because that's why it took me so long. Because you know, I had to go the I had to go the long route. I had to have you know you know like they'll you'll have these big companies that try to buy me out at this, the corner store, and the kids go back and know you don't have wrap snacks. That well, they got it across the street. I'm going to buy it across the street. They have to go back and buy it even though the company gave them the money not to put me in the stores, you know, right. I, I really don't never talk about that, but it, it's, that was, it's a really, it's a big, it's a big um, issue with, with, with um, people like myself are starting, this is a 550 billion dollar industry in the yearly average. We represent less than 1% of that business in the, in the whole industry, you know, not just black people or just minorities in general in the snack food industry. So, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, you like the, the small fish. We're trying to crush you. I don't care what happens, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. and that's why you don't have a lot of products that we produce ourselves because it's really hard. You know, you gotta, you gotta stick to it. 
you know, and that's what we've done is known as for doing it for 26 years, a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes people look and they think, you know, you're an overnight success, but they don't really see the, the grind that it took to get to where, to where you are now. That's some real stuff. Not at all. Not at all. But it helps you. I mean, you know, when you earn it, you know, anything you earn, it helps you understand you know, what you're doing even better. Have you worked with any types of financial professionals before, whether that's a financial planner, advisor, accountant, attorney, insurance agent, et cetera? And how have those experiences been if you've worked with those types of professionals before? Yeah, I've worked with all of them, you know, um, but, you know, my advice for people that were working for these type of professionals is you have to have um, uh, projects in your mind or how you want to invest your money, uh, what you want to do and give them a picture of what your goals are so they can get direct you in the right way. You know, I'm not just going to say, oh, you, you know, you invest money in, uh, oh, well, you're going to invest my money in X, Y, and Z. No, that's not going to happen. Give me the advice of what I'm doing, and I'm going to tell you what I'd like you to invest in and give me some more advice on that because it's all about what you like, you know, and what you're passionate about, you know, people work with you, even, in, you know, and give your insurance because your insurance plan is really like your investment because you have money invested every year. All right. So it depends on whether you have kids you're trying to leave the insurance policy to, or you're just trying to you know build up cash to eventually cash it out one day. It, it just depends on what your what, you know what your likes are. Yeah, absolutely. So have you worked with a financial planner uh, personally before? Um, yes, yes, I worked with a financial planner. Yes. Cool. And what was that experience like? In your opinion, uh, it's, it, it was it, it's it's good, you know, because you know, it's it's all about like I said earlier, it's all about information, right? So it's about giving, providing you information where you can yourself, you can make the best decision on things how you want to take your direction of your money, you know, um, you know. For me, I personally like more than one because you know I, I just don't believe everything somebody tells me, <laughs> you know, and I just think everybody, if you're a financial planner. You have an opinion on this stock, and this guy has another opinion on something. So I think you should have more than one voice when it comes to, you know, having a financial planner. Yeah, awesome. And so what are the qualities that you looked for when you were hiring, whether it's for your financial planner or any other type of financial professional? What are the qualities and the values that you looked for that you still look for today when choosing uh, your financial team? Well, I think one of the keys is, is their history, right? What they've done for the other clients, right? And um, also trust factor, you know, um, when you have somebody, you know, investing your money, you have to trust them. You know, you know you've know, you had heard all these horror stories out here where people are investing money and, they, and they, they're not on it. And and then and, and my friends will say, that guy was a horrible guy. No, he wasn't a horrible guy. You were a horrible money manager because you had somebody investing your money and you wasn't looking at it. <laughs> yeah it's important to pay attention at the end of the day it's your money right it's your so you gotta be paying attention to what's going on so you're there you're the organic money manager as i say you're you know they're just giving you advice on you know how to make more money awesome yeah. so what would you say are some other important values to you so you talked about trust and, and other factors are there any other important values or characteristics that you look for when you're looking to hire someone like that yeah, um, being able to be flexible and think out the box, you know, um, being able to, you know, um, have a, a mind that is open 
and you know not stuck on certain old ways of doing things you know i think you know in any industry you have you know you you have evolving you know scenarios you know and i'll meet a lot of successful guys out there and particularly financial um, advisors that have done certain things a certain way you know but i'm like hey you know what about what they're doing with the still you know, the blockchain what about this what about that oh no we don't want to invest in that that's you know that's that's too risky you know I, I want to be in between i don't want to be the safest one i don't want to be the riskiest one but i want to not miss out on either one mm-hmm. so innovation and then what would you say how would you gauge these values in people how would you gauge kind of that trust factor like what are the specific things that like how do you go about this whole process i think the key um, important factor is not listening what to what people say instead of listening to looking at their actions and you know giving up you know somebody a chance and paying attention to their actions you got a lot of people out here what we call you know north philly is a good mouthpiece some great mouthpieces out here but it, it, does that mouthpiece translate to good actions? You know, and for anything, from hiring somebody from any position, you know, it's really, you know, I'm gonna look at your actions. I'm not gonna, you know, I hear, I hear you, you know, and I hear how you sell yourself, but what's the how? You, what's the work? You know, what's the work look like? You know, what has the, you know, um, how do you execute what you say you're doing, which is key, you know, in any business or anybody that you're dealing. With execution awesome so now that you've grown your wealth to the point where it is today do you also find yourself seeking different types of advice than you did before starting rap snacks or when it was in its infancy oh absolutely yes i mean i'm you know i I have all kinds of consultants that work for me from different you know from you know from investment strategies to trying to buy other companies to you know, helping build out other brands, um, you know, um, you know, to, you know, and just how to connect with other retailers, you know, um, you know, I got, I pay a lot of money to, to, you know, advisors that help me make the right decision, you know, running a company and be able to scale a company fast enough and healthy and, and profitable. You got to have that. You can't just make every decision based on your thought process because, one mistake and you can, uh, you know, turn, you know, turn to something that won't be, you know, won't be good. Right. And would you say that holds true also in terms of your personal, personal counsel and personal advice, maybe things that your conversations you're having now that you weren't having before, whether that's around uh, estate planning techniques or anything else that is applicable to your, your personal finances as well? Yes, absolutely. Yes. You know, and, you know, you know, again, I think having your support system and people that you know that have been successful at certain things, you know, it helps you a lot, you know, because, you know, I'm not saying that I'm an expert in every field, you know, not only my personal finances, and my business finances, but I'm finding people who are, and I'm taking that advice from these people, you know, even with my team, you know, my biggest thing is stay in your lane, what you're good at. This is what you're good. It's what I hired you at. You know, execute that first. You know, and when once you do that, you have a collect you know collective effort of people that are good at what they do, what it makes, and it really facilitates a you know a really good team. You know, you have one guy trying to do everything. It's not right. gonna, not gonna turn out good. 
Right. Exactly. Staying in your area of expertise and, and really just hiring the, the specific pockets of, of gaps that you might have. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So what do you think financial services professionals should know when working with or seeking to work with black wealthy clients? Um, I think that they need, to, they need to really do research on and kind of know the thinking, you know, and really be open minded where, you know, every client is different. You know, again, I might be the middle, the middle of the road guy. You know, that want to look at new technology, that want to look at you know maybe traditional investing. You know, so spend time learning um, who who we are. You know, and then once you learn that, then you put together the plan instead of saying here's the plan and this is what I've been successful at. You know, get to learn the client first. You know, and then take from what you've been successful with and what they are trying to accomplish and, and what their personality is and put together a plan that best fits, you know, your client, not just what you've done in the past. Yeah. Any other pieces of advice you'd give to uh, professionals? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, really, you know, understand, you know, you know, if you're trying to get into a business, the biggest, you know, you know, I think, scenario and being successful is being really understanding what you're trying to get into and understand the pits and fall the pit the pits you know and the you know the high points of that industry and understanding how to have a point of difference outside of what the competition has you know what i think fails a lot of businesses that they're trying to take what somebody else did and copy that instead of taking some what somebody else did and adding something to it outside of what they have you know um you know you, you wouldn't you imagine how many people you know, they they called me and now they started business with adding wrappers to their bags and, um, and this and that and you know it's like but when i talk to them they're like i'm not trying to do that i'm just trying to learn from you i'm just you know it's you know people you know the first thing they want to do is copy you instead of being you know different than you and better than you you know because they see success they don't have their own mind or of how to make it done. I mean, to get it done, they just see, well, James Lindsay put rappers on the bag and it's successful. No, there's a lot more that goes to what Rap Snacks has been successful with just putting rappers on the bag. You know, if I had Jesus on the bag and the product didn't taste good, well, well you know, the product wouldn't be that good, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, it's just a, you know, yeah. But just have a point of difference. Have your own mindset, you know, Pay, pay homage to people that have been successful, or, but don't just copy without, you know, having something that is something that you're adding to it. Awesome. So in your opinion, what do you think the financial services industry can do to help close the racial wealth gap? Um, hmm. Okay. This is really important. You know, is making sure that when, People give back the resources that is directed towards people that really, these kids that really need the resource. You know, you'll see that, and I'm not knocking the Boys and Girls Club and all that, but you'll see, yeah, we're, we're giving $500 million to the Boys and Girls Club, right? And I've never been to a Boys and Girls Club in Philadelphia. Have you? Right. Nope. <laughs> right. So I'm like, they have to do more research and how 
to find out how to, you know, support these issues in these in these communities that is 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 this continue every generation is continuing to be the same thing over and over again, you know, and um, get to you know these kids that are smart because you know, I always say that you know Afro Americans and this minorities in general are very creative when given the opportunity, but a lot of times you know it's just that money goes to the same same organization and this person's taking this salary, they're taking that salary, and that money never gets to the root of the issue. So let's do more research and hopefully, you know, and create more programs. So that's gonna help the, you know, the next kid, you know, become, you know, uh, you know, a better citizen, you know, in our country. Awesome. Any last words, any thoughts you wanna leave us with today? No, um, my last words is, you know, like I said before, you know, do what your heart tells you to do when it comes to starting your business. You know, being an entrepreneur and being a business owner is not for everybody. And I'm not saying that being an owner of a business, oh, you know, we're better than anybody else. You know, just find your niche. Just find your niche. And you have to find your niche by searching different things. You know, if you fail at one thing, don't mean that it doesn't mean that you can't be successful at something else. Just never give up. Always continue to find out. When you find your niche and you find out something that that you're good at, it's going to help bring a lot of, like, they always call that black cloud. That, you know, like I used to feel like I had a black cloud on me. Like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm working for someone, someone else, but in my heart, I, I feel like I haven't reached, you know, my full capacity, right? So, but it takes time, you know, but, you know, some of never give up. Just continue to find your passion and then you do find it, you'll know it. Awesome. Well, James, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. And before we go, please tell our listeners where they can keep up with you. Okay. So um, my Instagram is xfly1. Um, you know, that's that's basically my Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram. You know, um, I'm always posting on there and, you know, about different things. So, you know, xfly1 on my Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, James. Well, thank you for The previous presentation from Ballantine Partners was intended for general information purposes only. Our podcast guest is not an employee nor an affiliate of Ballantine Partners. Their remarks did not necessarily reflect Ballantine's opinions or positions. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Ballantine or from any other investment professional of your choosing. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy or any non-investment related discussion or content will be profitable, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. A copy of Ballantine's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.ballantinepartners.com. Please remember, Past performance may not be indicative of future results. 
Ballantine is neither a law firm nor a certified public accounting firm, and no portion of its services should be construed as legal or accounting advice. Please also remember, if you are a Ballantine client, please contact Ballantine in writing if there are any changes in your personal or financial situation or investment objectives for the purpose of reviewing, evaluating, or revising our previous recommendations and or services, or if you'd like to impose, add, or to modify any reasonable restrictions to our investment advisory services. Unless and until you notify us in writing to the contrary, we will continue to provide services as we do currently.